Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Light Seekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Light Seekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 48 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. This week, we're getting back into analyzing some deck lists. I have with me a former guest of the show, but this time it's a little bit different because he's coming back as a champion. We recently had a tournament down in Austin, Texas. It was a little bit of a smaller tournament, but a tournament nonetheless, and he is our champion. I'm not only bringing him on because he was a champion, but I thought his deck was rather unique. It's a variation on something I've seen before, and I know it's a hero that he's been working with a lot, so I wanted to see what exactly he was doing with this deck, and what makes it tick. So if you haven't figured it out yet, my guest this week is Fatal Zeph. He's coming on to discuss the Cellini deck that won him the Delivery Crab Tournament down in Austin. As always, the show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 048. That's deliverycrab.com slash 048. Now, it's time to jump into the interview with Fatal Zeph. Welcome back to the show, Emmett. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me back, Matt. Glad to hear it, yeah. I, I, thank you for coming back on. Congratulations on your recent win in Austin. I'm sorry we didn't have more competition down there for you to beat up on, but it uh, sounds like you had a pretty good time anyway. Oh, yeah. We had a blast. You know, we, we didn't have that many people there. We still hung out afterwards. We went to oh, see the movie, Halloween. <laughs> So it's all good. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to see that there's some a little bit of camaraderie there outside of the the game even. So that's always <laughs> good to see. This episode, we have something going on here with your deck. And when I first looked at the deck, I kind of thought I knew where it was going. But the more I looked at it, the stranger it got. And that's part of the reason I wanted to bring you back on the show to see what exactly this is about. So this is the deck that you used to win the Austin tournament, obviously. So let's just jump right into it. Give me a rundown of what is in this deck, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Okay, so the hero I decided to use is Salini. So her ability says discard a card. We'll put the card at the bottom of the discard pile and draw two cards. Mm -hmm. So it's really good. You know, you want to keep discarding to go through the deck as fast as possible. So the combos you're going to have is Iran Gravity Bubble, Moss Armor, Face Shift, Reality Rift, and Stellar Fusion. The action cards I have are three Blinding Beetles, three Boulder Feast, two Moonlight Burr, two Colossal Idols, two Gravity Well, two Root Singer, two Blacksmiths, two Twilight Oracles, one Everard Carver, one Paralysis Bug, one Pathfinder, one Pearl of Ashwood, one Rock Maul, one Singing Blade, one Spectral Web, one Starhorn Tusker, one Subjugator, one Umbreon Barkeep, and one Yukona Tactician. Now I know it's a lot of one of but <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and and we will we will be discussing that for sure. Because I think this might be let's see, what is two, four, six, eight, <laughs> ten, eleven one ofs. I honestly think that might be the the highest percentage of one of that I've seen in a deck so far. So we will definitely be discussing that. I guess I would start with 
the combos here. The first thing I noticed, of course, is the Moss Armor phase shift. Mm-hmm. And just those two cards in particular. Do you want to explain for people who might not understand why I think that's an interesting combination? Okay, so the interesting about uh, Moss Armor, it says it's a combo buff. It's going to be like one of the crossover combos. Mm-hmm. It's nature and it's mountain. And it says on this round of corner, when you deal this much damage, you heal for that much. Yeah. So it, it goes hand in hand with spaceship because when on spaceship is also a combo buff. It's two gravities. It says that whenever you heal, you do this much damage to your opponent. Yeah. So as you, so this goes like back and forth in a never-ending loop. <laughs> well, it can end. That's the only problem with this oh, yeah. one is mm-hmm. if you end up hitting max health, it stops. But yeah. the idea behind it is if you can get this into play and trigger... Does it matter if you trigger healing or damage first? Or it, No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either one will set this off. And yeah. yeah, it just goes in this loop between those two ultimately healing you and doing damage to your opponent mm-hmm. and it, it, it's fantastic so even if you don't kill them they're going to be at low health and you're going to be sitting at 35 health yep it's good pretty much any time you can get to go off now i find it very interesting because typically the first time i saw this in action and most of the time since then it's with sun hunter Tuktu, who is obviously one of our cross order heroes who runs between astral and mountain so that gives mm-hmm. you two of the colors you already need for this three color combo thing that we're going after here i was very impressed to see that you're running it with a pure astral hero because then you have to worry about getting multiple items into play and keeping them in play and then getting those cards to go along with them so i'm guessing this is not your main win condition for the game Gindicom was out? Yeah. Uh, it's probably the main win condition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, okay. I can maybe see where you're going with this. So is this something that you were able to get into play fairly often then? Yes. So you may look at the deck list and be like, wow, this is you know really hard to get into play. But you have a card called Reality Rift. Mm-hmm. It pretty much says bring the last two discarded buffs into play and it doesn't specify action buffs or combo buffs yeah so you pretty much want to use selene's ability to stack your discard power in a certain way where whenever you use reality rift you make sure you get the three cards that you need well two of the combo buffs that you need is spaceship and moss armor but the third one would be um fusion which increases all damage so when you rally the rift you get all those three and it's a lot easier to come into play a lot easier. Yes, that that is very true. That that's a factor I did not think about. I mean, I've just seen it played naturally. You know, face shift on one turn and moss armor in the next, or something like that, as mm-hmm. opposed to, yeah, using Selene's ability, like I said, to stack that discard pile, because that's not something you usually think of. It, I mean, like Selene is basically the only hero that does that, where you intentionally want to be throwing cards into your discard pile and even. With that being said, maybe in a certain order even to get those out there, that's an interesting play. And I, I'm glad to see that it actually worked out on a fairly consistent basis for you. But with that being said, though, that's just to get those buffs out there. You still have yeah. to worry about, because I mean, the Moss Armor still isn't going to be active unless you have those items out there. Mm-hmm. 
So have you run into much trouble getting those items out there? No, I usually go through my deck really fast. Uh, so with Celine's ability, I'm always like, I can dig through it pretty fast. I won't let Burler, I'm able to dig through it fast to get my blacksmiths. And I in, in, your, in this necklace, you notice I'll have one mountain item mm-hmm. and two soul items. That's because items I run the um, are both superior. The the ones from the first set, the superior uh, basic items. Yeah. So I have two of the soul items to make sure I can withstand a crushing blow to be able to root singer out my other um, <laughs> mountain item. Sure, sure. So I'm able to get that pretty consistent with the blackmans and everything. If they're not usually running aggro, I usually... The condition is pretty good. So typically, when you do get that into play, do you wait until you know that it's going to kill them, or just as soon as you can activate it, that's when you do it? As soon as you can get yourself in a position to activate it. Because let's say you're going against, like, Creonic. If they're not attacking, you can't really activate it. But luckily, there's a card called Everot Carver that says on a second rotation, it says your health to this amount, which is 15 <laughs> And gain additional action. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you were saying, like if you're playing against Triano or something, and they're even going so far as to heal you, mm-hmm. so you're sitting at 35, and this combo wouldn't really activate. But yeah, the Carver. I have never thought about why you would want to make your health lower. But I, that, I never did either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I mean, most people, I think, would agree that you look at Everrock Carver and it's like, okay, well, you can play it and hope that, you know, play it when you're at 14 or 15 or 16 mm-hmm. and hope that your opponent doesn't kill you on the next turn. And then you'll jump back up to 15 and you can survive from there. But yeah, I've never thought about it as, hey, I'm sitting at 35 health. I want to jump down to 15 health so I can heal back up and kill you in the process. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I first, when I was building this deck, I had a problem where I couldn't use it because this deck would auto lose like a stall deck. So I couldn't be able to get my health low enough. Mm-hmm. The first time I had this deck, I would go, I was going to crystal into the earth. So okay. I didn't have this option ever a carver. So I started looking at all the cards again. I'm like, you know, I need a card that bring my health down. And luckily, <laughs> It was Everard Carver, and I was like, wow, I never saw this card be so useful. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not put those pieces together. So that's fantastic. And I suppose, I mean, it, you probably only ever need to do that once, so having it as one of them is probably okay. Plus you yeah. have the Root Singers. Like, th- that's another reason I love those Root Singers, because they're just, they can be whatever you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And usually when you reality rift. Um, usually have more buffs to your opponent. Mm-hmm. So you get any two cards you need to continue your loop. Because you usually want to set these cards up and usually want to protect them. Like, you usually want to have like, a subjugator out or a spectral web. Or in some case, you probably want to have a subjugator and a paralysis bug so they don't like warp toad your stuff. Sure. It's really good. Yeah, I can see that now. So, I mean, to dig through your deck too, you not only have Selene, but you have the Moonlight Burrowers which mm-hmm. I've learned to hate very much when I'm playing <laughs> against them because it, it has gotten people out of some very, very sticky situations. But Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find these games going pretty quickly usually? Or does it take you a while to set them up and so you have to sit there and heal for a little while before you can get it going? Or have you figured out ever like how many turns on average it takes? So I usually look at my deck, how much 
cards are in my deck whenever I pull off this combo. Mm-hmm. And the earliest I ever got it off was there's 15 cards in my deck. And the latest I ever got it ever gone off and when where there's no cards in my deck. It's in between those two numbers. So you do have to make it like at least halfway through your deck most of the time. Yeah, at least halfway through your deck. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, th- th- there's a lot of cards to set up, but mm-hmm. you do have a lot of control over it. And and that's something I didn't realize right away is is just how much control you have over this because like wh- whether something goes to a discard pile accidentally or whether you purposely put it there, like it's mm-hmm. going there and that's part of your setup. And that's kind of an oddity, I think, that we don't see too often because I think normally when something goes to the discard pile, it's like, well, shoot, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And get it back. <laughs> but that's like exactly what you're trying to do is intentionally send it to the discard pile. So I guess the other question is how often does something like this get interrupted? Like I should look at your cards a little more closely first. Do you, ha- do you have other buffs in here? No, uh, I don't run any buffs because it's a specific order and you want to discard yeah. out. It get messed up really easily. And, so. and that's what I was wondering. It's like, okay, if you're throwing these in the discard pile and, and something else gets discarded, and so mm-hmm. th- that would be like the third buff that would come out, that that could really mess things up. Yep. All the buffs you have in here, you wouldn't play until after you have that in effect. Mm-hmm. Or before I'm going to be played, like Subjugator. S- sure, sure. Your, yeah. Yeah, just to protect them. The Subjugator, Spectral Web, it Paralysis Bug even... The Carver is yeah. not coming out until after. So, yeah, that's very well done. And I'm starting to see a lot of these one-offs. I mean, they're either just these one-offs that you're playing after the fact to protect, or a lot of them are your items. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's three of your one-offs <laughs> right there is, is three items. So that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, too, since you're using the blacksmiths to get them out. So the other thing you kind of mentioned, I think we've covered some of them, but you mentioned that there are some interesting i forget how you word it interactions or something between some of these cards that you really need to watch out for while you're piloting it what are we looking um so the cards i think i understood your question correctly so the interactions you always want to like look out for you always want to make sure you play like um a buff before you rally rip so you make sure they don't remove your buffs so usually you want to play like a spectral web or like a subjugator Whenever you rally rip next turn, you always get that additional action. Mm-hmm. So you can usually like follow up, but with like a paralysis bug or a colossal idol. And okay. in my case, uh, a colossal idol works effectively against like dread and stuff, so they don't like ritual awakening. Or you can do paralysis bug uh, to make sure they don't like chrono warp your stuff or like <laughs> orc toad. So that's pretty much about the only interaction you have with this deck with the buffs besides the main interaction. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're about to do damage. If you place the Horn Tusker, you won't actually get the increase because the card will be in limbo when you play it. So when the loop goes off, it'll be limbo and you won't get the increase plus two until next time you do it. Yes. Yeah, I see. Yep. Okay. If you use the Tusker to cause the damage to start the loop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I think there's one more cool interaction that I think you should know or people should know. Mm-hmm. So they have a spirit channeler out and you are constantly healing and doing damage to them. So you would knock them out. They don't have any crystal core. If you knock them out, they, they would just outright die. But if they survive, whenever the loop ends, 
they would heal for as many times as it triggered afterwards. It wouldn't heal in the middle of it. It would heal after it's all done. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting as well. Yeah. So your cards have to finish interacting before their buffs take place. Like they're... For the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would not have thought about that either. Is that something you just kind of picked up while playing with it in the app? Yes. It never really happened to me. I asked Benny to see what would be the correct ruling on this, and sure. that's what he told me. Yeah, yeah. Some of those things that are really fun to find out in the app, it's like, oh, so that's how that works. Because, yeah. I mean, yes, there are occasionally bugs in the app yet. And every time we get new cards in the app, there's going to be new bugs that they have to work out. But I'm often surprised nine times out of ten, like, that is how it's supposed to interact. Even though it might not be the way you expected, you can find some really interesting interactions that way. So, yeah, that that's a good one to note, that they're not going to constantly be healing throughout yep. that loop. It's just going to be one heal at the end of it. Well, not or multiple well, heals multiple, at the end of it. Multiple heals. Yes, yes. <laughs> But as, as long as you get them down to zero, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I like it. Anything else in particular about the main deck that you think people should know about? So one of your combos that you run is Gravity Bubble. Mm-hmm. So pretty much if you're like opponent is stalling you, when they get to like the last corner, you can just Gravity Bubble your combo buff to restart them again. Sure. So you can make sure you can get them next time. So that's one of the things about this deck you can do. Also, I think another thing you can do is with the if you're like going against aggro. So if you're at the point where they have your low health, as long as you have two subjugators, because I think I have one on my side deck. So if you subjugator, then you root singer, and you can loop until you can dig through your deck until you get to your cards. Because in, in the aggro matchup, you really don't want stellar fusion. You usually want the face ship, moss armor, and subjugator. Because you're going to be really a low house, and I've done it many times. You will kill them if you do it regularly from low health. So that's one of the cool things about this deck. And I think that's pretty much... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, One thing I don't usually touch on too much, but I am kind of interested to see how it plays out here, because this deck has already surprised me so many times already. But your side deck that you used... Oh, yeah. If you want to give me a quick rundown of the cards that are in that, and then I have a few questions. Yeah, no problem. I run two Dust Feeders, two Pathfinders, one Crushing Charger, one Everot Carver, one Root Singer, one Subjugator, and one Yukona Tactician. All right. So most of these cards you already have in your deck. Mm-hmm. And so, which actually brought me another question about your main deck. But something i've always had trouble figuring out or i've always wondered how different people process this how do you decide which cards to bring in when and which cards to take out like like you're saying if you're if you're in a very aggro matchup do you feel your main deck is your optimal deck or yes. what are you going to side in so the the main deck is right now as it is it's good for aggro okay so if you want to increase your aggro matchup you probably put on like a dust feeders Probably, if it's like this pre-aggro, you probably take it like the Pathfinder, and you might put in the Tactician and then another Subjugator. Okay. So that's what you do against the aggro matchup. Against like the Explorer deck, you'll definitely put in Crushing Charger. Crushing Charger is so much better. <laughs> it is so much better. <laughs> yeah. 
So what are you taking out for the crushing charger in that case? I would probably take out healing. Like I would probably take out like a colossal idol or okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I did notice then is that in your side deck you have two pathfinders. So I went back to the main deck and sure enough, you only have one pathfinder. Yeah. How often is that problematic for you to only have that one buff removal? I would imagine when you're going into crystal originally, maybe you had some crystal leeches in there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So, but now since you're you're going into earth instead, with this one pathfinder, not only is that going to be hard to find in 35 cards, but you only have one. I mean, once you have it, hopefully you have some root singers you can bring it back if you really need to. Yeah. But uh, seriously, how often has that been been a problem for you? It never really been a problem for me because I'm able to like heal out. Like there's be some times where they'll play like Colossal Ritual Site. I'll just play Subjugator so they don't get the damage increase. So I pretty much gauge what I can do about their buffs. Um, but I really can't do anything. I'll just heal out of it. And since I go through most of my deck anyways, there's a high chance that I have a Pathfinder. And sure. that Pathfinder is usually for like the buffs they have. Like let's say they try to Mountain Fort, Focus Shamer, Mountain Fort. Mm-hmm. Then that Pathfinder is for those buffs. They try to mitigate the damage when I do the combo. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's a lot of good stuff there. And I am very impressed with this deck actually. And I'm glad to see some other heroes getting some love. I know you've <laughs> been a big fan of Selene and made a number of different decks with her. So yeah. I, It'll be interesting to see where where you can take her in the future, but right now I'm a big fan of this deck. We'll have to wait and see <laughs> how, it get how, <laughs> yeah, how playable <laughs> it is in the future. There's a handful of cards in here. Most of them are still good for the time being, but there are a few cards that would be questionable at this point. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But oh man, I hope I hope it, as long as you don't get rid of like the core components, like mm-hmm. the spaceship and the moss armor. It will be all right, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it goes or if we get... Hey, we could get new cards to replace it that are... Oh, you're right. Better, you're... So. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with all this. So thank you so much for coming on. Once again, congratulations on your win in Austin. Thank I, you. I, I hope we we see you at a few more tournaments. I think you've already signed up for a few of the future tournaments I saw. The gold championships? yeah. <laughs> I hope no one would, would, would see that. <laughs> Pl- planning on doing a little bit of traveling there, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to do quite a bit of traveling. Uh, <laughs> well, I, hey, that's good to see. I, I, I'm sure I'll run into uh, pretty soon. Are you going to make it out to PAX Unplugged? I'm planning to go out there. Most likely the last tournament, I'll be able to use my deck. And I really <laughs> want to do that in a, like a full tournament setting. Sure. Yeah, so. it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I can't wait to play against it. I think i'll have a hard time beating it even though i know what's in here and how you play it but well i mean you if you play storm and you have superior air i mean you got me <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep that in mind <laughs> all right thank you so much for coming back on and we will talk to you soon thank you thank you for having me on and that's all i have for this week Thank you once again to Emmett for coming on the show and taking some time to discuss this deck with me. It has definitely given me some new ideas for deck building. I'm probably going to try this deck out first, but then I'm going to go and build a few of my own with some of the ideas that, that he's using in this deck. And I hope all of you out there are busy deck building as well because there's a bunch of big tournaments coming up in the next few weeks. Two delivery cap tournaments as well as packs unplugged. 
on November 17th, we have the Delivery Crab Tournament in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. That's just outside of Philly. Then two weeks later, on December 1st, is the PAX Unplugged Convention, which also has a big tournament hosted by Play Fusion, not Delivery Crab, but I will be there. And then finally, on December 15th, we have the last Delivery Crab Tournament of 2018 in Toledo, Ohio. We're expecting big things from these tournaments, so I hope to see a lot of you there. You can find all the details for these tournaments at deliverycrab.com slash tournaments. That's deliverycrab.com slash tournaments. If you have any questions about these tournaments or anything Light Seekers related, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to help you as much as possible. Once again, the show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 048. That's deliverycrab.com slash 048. I think that's all for now. So until next week, I got some more deliveries to make.